old. Okay. Um, okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to Nobody Saying Hello, where we call up our friends and we say hi. Hello, how you doing? This is season two. Welcome to season two. I'm Lady Berica, and Nobody Saying Hello is brought to you in part by your support on Patreon. Patreon.com backslash the nobodies. Go follow us. Also, if you'd like to advertise on this podcast, send me an email, ladybarica at gmail.com. We'd love to have your support. Today, we have a New York City legend. She's the mother of the House of Mad and a badass bitch from Dragula Season 3, Madeline Hatter. Welcome! Madeline, do you know what an honor it is that Berica wrote out an introduction for you? <laughs> well, she wrote it and she wrote it wrong because it's the House of Hatter. <laughs> the one thing I meant <laughs> the one thing I meant to like go look at your Instagram for I fucked up well we're not re-recording this uh, I'm a douche it's fine bro it's not even that serious so. <laughs> wait, wait who is talk- in your house yeah let's talk about who's in your house <sighs> um uh, <laughs> it, it met with a she's sigh like, I don't even remember <laughs> I really like okay so it's always been like there's so like I'm like a mom but like I kind of are you like a stepmom where you like kind of like kind of like I'm I'm here if you need me but not really right like I've tried to be that I've tried to be the full mom I've tried to do that thing for people and it doesn't really work because adults have a problem when they're told that they're shit. Yes, that's correct. (laughs) And like, so like adults think they know everything, but the thing is little does everybody know that like, there's not really a big difference between like child mentality and adult mentality. True. And we all kind of like, people try to claim that there's like, you know, like a Peter Pan complex, but in reality, there's just people that are really OCD and control freaks. And then there's people that aren't. So it's like, that's just what it is. And you never actually grow up. Where do you fall on the spectrum? I'm definitely a little downsy. <laughs> Wait, we still did not answer who is in your house. No, but who's it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, do you, uh, have, but... do you have drag parents? No, 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 no. I'm self-taught. Okay. And then, yeah. so who's in your family? Like, I've had people that have guided, like, my career, so to speak, especially when I just started coming, like, coming out in New York. Like, Epiphany Get Paid had a very heavy hand in introducing me to the right people. Um, Stephanie Stone was, like, like, an angel in the wings always like she was just always watching over me and making sure that I wasn't like you know dead um and (laughs) which you know she probably could have did a better job but um, (laughs) Stephanie maybe have a word please yeah yeah right um Uh. um but like there's just been you know like Bianca Del Rio got me my first gig at the Ritz which was like my first like weekly gig, you know? And so I've been, I've been helped along the way, but 
for the most part, as far as like artistry and the craft goes. Um, Ivy Winters showed me how to use um, patterns. That's the word for it. And um, hair, I was taught how to do, how to tease hair by Perfidia. Mm-hmm. Mm. Wow. You have a strong lineage. Strong I, lineage. Very, I, I do, I do. I am a product of some of like the best and most prominent forces in the craft of drag. Truly. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, we still don't know who is in your house. Um, I don't really, I don't know. I, you know, they're like around, they're around. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Let's just move on. (laughs) I do know there's one local child that has House of Hatter in her uh, uh, profile. She does, but we, I don't know. Okay. So we're not gonna talk about her. Well, <laughs> moving okay, on. Moving like, on. Like, fuck it. I they okay, so since COVID, they have dropped off. Like they don't talk to me really. And I'm not gonna be that person that's gonna be like, talk to me. Right. Like I'm not gonna be that person that's gonna always be the one to initiate. And we've had these conversations. That's a lot. Yeah. So like if I don't hear from you for a month, never mind three months. Cause that's what, that's what spurred the conversation in the first place. I didn't hear from them, not once, not a text message, not nothing for three months, three wow. months time in the beginning of lockdown. So I was like, okay, are we a house? What's going on? And they're like, yeah, but it has to happen organically. And I was like, okay, I got back from getting my body done. I look amazing. They, yeah. wanted, they wanted to see my ass. I showed them my ass. A month goes by, nothing. No, I don't think you're really, no, I don't think you're family. I see, I, I see. Erica, I talk to you more than I talk to them. <laughs> so it's like, I I'm always like, I'm always like adjunct family members. Uh, I'm like adjunct House of Aja, adjunct House of <laughs> House Matter. of Hatter. Yeah, Hatter. And so that's the thing is like, so they can try to claim the name, but the thing is, is like, I'm not, I won't, I won't openly say that they're a part of my house if I don't hear from them. Gotcha. Fair enough. Let's talk about this body, Adi Adi. Wait, yeah, yeah that's a good question. Yeah. Do you know about this accident report? No, what happened? What's Tell going us. on? Tell oh, us. okay. So I went to Miami um, and I got a BBL, which is with full 360 lipo. So they took everything out of my midsection and my neck and transferred it to my ass. Whoa, cool. Yeah, so my hips and ass are me and I don't need padding anymore. I don't need to wear tights. Yes. Do any of that shit. I can just put throw a thong on and go. That's Boom. amazing. Did yeah. it hurt a lot? It was the worst possible pain um, that I think that anyone could ever go through ever. Damn. I would, I would say that the recovery rivaled childbirth. Damn. I You're was, sitting down now. Are you able to sit more? Because I know I'm, last time I, I talked a, to you, you were able to I have really a sit. very, I have a very squishy bed. So like I'm sitting on my bed right now. Nice. Um, so it's not too, too bad. After two months, which I'm past two months now, um, the results that I have now is it's my body. Like this Damn. is like all the, all the fat cells have like a blood supply running to them. Like it's, everything is set. That's Which so cool that, they can do that shit. It's really- The sacrifices you make for beauty in this world. Um, I honestly just 
it's partly because I want to feel comfortable in my skin, but a lot, like, it's also because I want, I am not going to do anything else with my life, but drag. Like yeah. I have made this. My but life. you've done so much, like you do drag, but, uh, and I think the first time I actually saw you was at the Ritz when I, before I started doing drag long, long time ago, like eight years ago. Um, but you also have made it a point to like, not only do drag, but make yourself a commodity with hair and photography. You were doing photography a lot for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, your hair business has really taken off. Yeah. You had, you were, you had the hair that everybody was talking about on last week's Drag Race Runway. Well, last um, week, this might be two weeks ago, depending on no, when it we was last. This. It was this past Friday. Yeah. Well, once we release this, I don't know. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, go back in time. Today is tomorrow and yesterday is next year. Right. This yes. is the Olivia Lux hair that, that the whole world gagged over. Everybody yeah. was talking about it. Yeah. So good. And I'm like, so happy about it. I, she, so Olivia Lux actually won the first season of Open Call, the competition that I did at the Ritz. On oh. So I awarded her with $1,000 in a Marco wig when she was just starting out. Like she had just been doing drag for like six months. I mean, she literally just started doing drag the first week of open call. Wow. Yeah, so like she- And she won. And she won. She is so talented. She's a fucking joy to watch. She's like, such I a just she's love such a treat. Watching her. She's an entertainer, period, through and through. And period. she's and having so much fun too. So much fun. And she went into drag race with that mentality. Like yeah. she was you can like, tell. I know how new I am. Like and everything is icing for her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. She's just like, she knew that she was new. She knew that the other girls were gonna have a problem. Uh-huh. And they did. They still do. I'm and, sure. Um, Jesus Christ. And um, it just, she just wanted to go in and not necessarily just make it about learning, but like enjoying herself. What I, w- I was talking to somebody the other day and specifically about this topic, like um, that when you watch someone like Olivia Lux, you see the joy and the fun that we all started out with. We all walk into that club thinking we are the baddest bitch. And some of us are able to like keep that flowing and actually keep humble about it. But like to see that on screen compared to other people that have, yeah, they have some time, but like, and not to like get into the dirty of it, but like, it's such a joy to watch somebody just have fun with the art. It's so true. Yeah. 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 And I think that that translates like, you know, the judges were talking about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were talking about how she's, they, like, you can't take your eyes off of her because she's just super fucking warm and happy. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just a happy bitch. So you want to be around that and you want to watch that and you want to see her do her thing. Mm-hmm. And she just, she does that and she brings that to every performance too. It gets a little nauseating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but who better to rock a Madeline Hatter hat than <laughs> Olivia Lux? She really killed it. Yeah. We, we uh, should not only talk about Drag Race because you are um, a star of a drag television show as well. So yeah. um, we were even talking about this right before you got on the call. Do you have any, like, what is your take on the boulets? They, are, are you, do you love them? Are they cool? What's them. the deal? I love them. I love, 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 love. 
and I'm not like, I don't say this kind of shit lightly. Like, if you know me, like, if I don't like you, I don't like you. Like, I don't, I don't like, if I love you, it's because you have one either helped me and proven to me that you can be trusted. And the Boulets did that in a way that, like, I don't think anybody else is really ever going to be able to. Because the reason why I had my meltdown on the show was because at that point we were on episode four and I was still in the bottom. I was still, and then I had to get food thrown at me and be okay with it. And then I had to be like, you know, it was just being humiliated, humiliated, humiliated. And I'm not new. I've been doing drag at that point for 12 years. Like I have a career, I can go, I, you know, I was coming back to New York and I would have liked to have come back with my head held high which I did eventually because I went out in style, but I wasn't sure what they were gonna do. Mm. Like, you never know what the editing's gonna be like. You never know what the show is gonna do for you or against you or what have you, or if anything at all. But I spent fucking $13,000, which is, not as much as the other show, what the girls are paying on that, but it was a fucking- It's a lot of money. It's a, a lot, lot of, of fucking money for me. And that was just me. Like I was, I, I dropped 13,000. I took out three credit cards to come up with that money. And then my dad gave me another five. Damn. So it was 18 altogether. So like for me, money is a very big thing. It always has been my entire life. I come from a not wealthy family. So like for me, that money, like when you hit four digits, like it's a big investment mm -hmm. and, it's a, and it's a lot to take on. And you know, living in New York City, girl, rent is not cheap. Right. So like I'm paying, you know, I'm paying over four digits for fucking rent. So never mind putting all of that Dragula debt on top of it. So I mean, when after the show came out and everything, they gave me such an amazing edit and they really like- You were treated with dignity on I the show. I really was, I really was. Yeah. And there are things that I, that I would change, of course, but the Boulets have taken care of me in such a way that I've been able to literally not only make my wig business like a reality, but I'm able, I have two very successful online shows and I have to give credit to Dragula, to right. the edit that they gave me because had I not been portrayed in such a lovely way, had they not taken care of me the way that they did, I would not have been able to accomplish those things during COVID. It For seems sure. like, it seems like, and I was, I need to read that article, the alternative press article that was, that you guys read on the show, but like, it seems like they still have a good handle on who they were when they came into the drag world and, mm -hmm. and what they want to do for people. And it yeah. shows in the show, like, it has such heart. And we were just talking before this, that like, horror people are like the sweetest, nicest people. And we've been through like, honestly, the ringer. Honestly. Um, Something that was talked about a lot on the show is, and we've talked about off camera and for the people that listen to me and catch it, keep up with me, know that I've just released my recovery story online. Um, 
Tell us how that was. I think that's so meaningful for someone to take the time to not just the time, but like put it out there in such a way like you guys did on the show and talking to Priscilla about it. Um, what does it mean to you and like to share your story in that way? And what was the feedback like for you? Well, it's, it was like one of the main reasons that I did it, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wanted to go on and have a positive message and show people that like you can be in recovery and make something of yourself. And there's, when I was getting into recovery, I always felt like when, like before I had started that like people in the program were fucking mental and they were losers and they didn't do anything. And then you come to find out that like, like almost all of the most successful people in the world are sober and you're like oh shit so the world is run by illuminati for real (laughs) Uh, the thing that struck me most about going into program was the amount of fun that is that you can still have like i you know it's not like you see on television or i mean not you know like that it's portrayed on television it's like it does not always dramatic although dramatics happen it's, it's just a place where we get to see each other and see that we're not the only ones suffering from what we think we're suffering it's from. It's so crazy the kind of bullshit that like, you know, it's, I don't think the program and I don't think that meetings, I don't like, I'll be honest with you, like meetings are just like, like the prerequisite for sobriety. It's like, it's not the whole thing. Like yeah. for me, it's the family that you build coming from that. You know, it's the family, I mean? it's the lifestyle. It's the lifestyle. And I, and it doesn't need to be as hard as people make it seem. It doesn't, you can just like not do things and you can have, the, <laughs> you, can, you can say no to things. And you just need to understand that like, no one's in charge of anything but you. And you don't have to do, you don't have to drink for anyone. You don't have to use for anyone. And like, you can say no to these things. And I personally don't really miss it at all. How long have you been sober? Um, you know, there's been relapses, but um, six years. That's amazing. Thank you. I just... I think it's so important, especially for queer people to, to hear that you don't have to drink for anybody and you don't have to do drugs for anyone. That's not what being queer is. No. Someone, I, you know, I stated when I released my video that like, I came in 20 years ago, a 39 today. And I thought that that's what being queer was, is to party. Yeah, cause that's what fucking queer as folk fucking put out there. And that's what like, you know, even Will and Grace put out there. And it's, you know, all the most fabulous people always have like fucking drinks in their hand. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for what, for who, for why? Like those things, like being wasted is not something that you need to be doing. And also in art school, I was always taught that like the most successful artists were all either on absinthe or like, like 
like feeling all this pain and angst and uh, they can only paint if they're fucking burning inside. And it's like, no, bitch, no. You gotta have your shit together to make art. Hello. And it's (laughs) like, I have honestly, my drag has evolved in such dramatic and incredible ways without the distraction and the hurdles of substance abuse. Like I'm able to literally bring in more money than I'm spending now, thank God. Mm -hmm. I can finally do shows and show up and show out no matter what. I'm literally unstoppable and my brain is always on point. Like I'm able to literally defend myself or tear someone down if I need to on a microphone without any hesitation. And it's literally perfect. Can you tell us about like the evolution of the Madeline Hatter Hatter character? Like what did she start as and what is she now? She started out as a party girl. Um, And I was always like an art kid. So like bringing art and party together was always my thing. But the drugs came later. um, And then that became the focus. Mm. And then I think part of me wanted to find insanity. I wanted to see how far I could like run down the rabbit hole, so to speak, and like figure out how far I could push my brain before I literally started like losing my mind. Mm. Found it. Um, And then I got sober. And um, all of that has contributed to the evolution. So like art, like art fag party girl into like, I don't even a Hell's Kitchen dumbed down version of myself for years. Ooh, talk about that. Talk about how you had to dumb yourself down for Hell's Kitchen. Well, Hell's Kitchen faggots only want to have one thing, which is a musical and, Uh or like circuit music. Like Mm -hmm. there's really like no in between and Mm -hmm. any kind of intelligence behind a number or anything that isn't like top 40 or pop culture is like literally just lost on them. And it's, they don't go to, you don't go to a show to Hell's Kitchen to grow as a person. You go to It's a not show. art, it's just entertainment. It's literally just about. I could see that about you when I first uh, saw you, but I could also see the joy that you were experiencing I just love performing. Performing. I love performing. Performing um, is like everything, yeah. But you, it always you... was confusing to me that you performed mostly in Hell's Kitchen when I first met you, I feel like. Money is, girl. Yeah. Mm. That's where the- who Like, who were some of your, like, big drag influences in terms of, like, the artistic part of it? Not necessarily the people who mothered you, but, like, you when know, you think about, like, the artistic part. For makeup, it was always, like, Raven and Nina Flowers. Mm. Nina Flowers has always been, like, for me, she um, reused a message on MySpace, if that's any interest. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Like I used, to t- I used to talk to her about drag things on MySpace. Yes. So, um, like, but like, I didn't really draw from drag queens. 
I thought, I always thought like the artist in me always thought that that was too deliberate. So I would always just pull from art, like fashion designers and stuff like that and things that I could afford. Finances have dictated my, the quality of drag in my life, my entire life. Mm. Finances is like a thing. And if anybody ever tries to tell you that money isn't a thing and that you can do anything with, if you only have $5, um, I would like the, to tell them to suck my left nut. <laughs> uh, wait, so, okay, so I have a semi unrelated question. What are like the horror movies that inspire you considering you were like uh, on a horror show? Yeah, Hellraiser, obviously. Um, I'm really, I love, love, I like love hell um like the idea of like the devil and the beauty and darkness um there's something to be said about like like if you put like a black rhinestone on top of black vinyl how beautiful light reflects off of that you know what i mean like it's just like this very cold <laughs> <laughs> um, your lights went oh out. Oh my god. Here we are. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um so I just like so like Hellraiser, the conjuring. Um like conjuring too is like if you look at it in an aesthetic point of view, is like an actually absurdly beautiful movie. Um like the direction and like the aesthetics of it is just stunning. Um, uh, the woman without any skin in Hellraiser 2. Um, mm. The Alien franchise is mm. like just, you know, it's H.R. Geiger. Like you can't, you don't get better than that. So like cold metallics, shiny metals, those are all very, I love that shit. But I also like the idea of like a vampire, madam in an opium den in the like 1900s you know what i mean like stuff like that and um did you find that you couldn't do some of the more goth stuff when you were doing hell's kitchen gigs yeah no Mm -mm. you just had to like figure out a whole other character basically yeah i mean i was always you know quote unquote edgy Mm -hmm. and i was always quote unquote like a little dark for the girls. Mm. Um, you won saliva, right? One, one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I did saliva. Um, I've won glam awards. I've played the game well enough, you know. Um, I won- mean, everybody in New York knows who you are. Like, I mean, everybody in the world. But I mean, before like the show. Yeah, I mean, everyone in nightlife has heard my name at one point. Definitely. Um, yeah. I just think that like, you know, I've worked for every major promoter, every single one. Yeah. Ones that don't exist anymore. And, um, you know, I was traveling, doing traveling gigs before that was a thing. Right. Before all the tours. Mm-hmm. I was What's doing- What's the cra- Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. What's the craziest thing that's ever happened while you're performing or like a crowd? What's your craziest nightlife story? Yeah, there you Um, go. I sucked a very large cock in front of 2000 people at the last black party at um, Roseanne Ballroom. In drag? I forgot you did that. I remembered you did that. Yeah. Yeah, it was so big. (laughs) (laughs) Is your job recovered? 
Mm-mm. Yeah. No. Do you miss it? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Jimmy? I think it's rapid fire time. I think so. Well, let me ask you one more question. This is a funny, this is not a funny question, but I heard this on Trixie and Katya's new podcast and I thought it was, what's the epitome of glamour to you? Oh, that's a good question. Madonna and Dick Tracy. Oh, yeah. Good answer. Uh, okay, before we get to rapid fire, I have a very special edition of Mary Fuck Kill. And this is Mary Fuck Kill Talking Heads Eyebrow Edition. So Mary Fuck Kill Dahlia's eyebrows, Priscilla's eyebrows, or Eva Destruction's eyebrows. Kill Priscilla's eyebrows. Mary Dahlia's eyebrows and fuck Eva's eyebrows. Good answer. Good word, answer. Word, word, word. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was so proud of that question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, stupid. Okay. Um, okay, rapid fire. Favorite food? Brownies. Snacks. Oh my God. Salt and pepper chips, the um, kettle cooked one. Yeah, it's chicken or egg? Chicken. Scrambled or fried? No lie. Egg. I eat more egg than chicken. <laughs> but I really like rotisserie chicken. Oh. Food in general. I don't, I don't know. Uh, tea or coffee? Coffee. Favorite color? Black. Favorite comedy? Um, bridesmaids. <laughs> Favorite drama? Um. Under the Tuscan sun. Oh, my God. My God. <laughs> We're going to have to cut that out. It's going to ruin your image. No, yeah, I love wrong. Diane Lane. <laughs> I love Diane Lane so much. <laughs> what, um, uh, favorite faggot? Me. Yes. Oh, my God. We didn't talk about wrestling a lick. Oh, whatever. Do you know anything about wrestling? No. Okay. Yes. Not so, a thing? What do you oh. know? Hulk Hogan. <laughs> okay, we're gonna skip that. And the, and, and the and the um Ultimate Warrior. Okay, tune Dude. in to Ringer Remix on our Patreon if you want to know more. Um, okay, what does a roach taste like? Chicken. <laughs> favorite horror icon. Pinhead. Um, no. Favorite... Yeah. No. Xenomorph. Favorite no, lady. no, 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 no. It's rapid fire. It's over. No, favorite... no. Who is it? Big question. It can't be. <laughs> favorite lady. Maybe this will help you. Favorite lady. Yeah. Um. Favorite lady. Um. If you hover the arrow over my picture, it might help you. Not you. <laughs> 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 Lady Death. <laughs> Favorite baby. Oh, I hate babies. Good so answer. Dead, dead babies. I hate all of them. I, I hate, hate them. Uh, dream job. I have it. Yeah. Oh. oh. Someone you miss. No one. <laughs> Favorite drag artist of all time. Me. <laughs> Strangest thing in your home, besides Meg. 
I was gonna say. No, you were. <laughs> Meg is totally the strangest thing I. Have I love her. She's the best. She's such an angel. She. Oh my god. I wake her up all the time. Um. Go ahead. That's it. Uh, true or false? Actually, books. Yes. Magazines. Yes. Guess it's yes or no instead of true or false. Uh, <laughs> wrestling. No. Drag. Well, wait, wait. Like WWE wrestling or really, really, really like hot guys in singlets wrestling. Like Turkish wrestling. I mean, those are one and the same, really. Mm, babe, no, they're not. <laughs> they are not the same. They are not the same thing at all. Okay, and so we're saying that, no. That like Turkish, like slippery wrestling where they uh-huh. shove each other, shove their hands down each other's pants. That's, that's good. Some dope wrestling. That's that's cool. pretty too. Uh, drag. What about it? True or false? That's not a what? <laughs> True. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Heterosexuals. Oh, false. Uh, the secret. Uh, okay. God. False. Such a lie. <laughs> the patriarchy. Such a lie. Such, oh! a lie. Such a lie that it's been like viciously like tried to be forced down everyone's throat and not in a good way. Okay. That's it. Uh, Madeline, tell us where we can find you, what shows you're doing, et cetera, et cetera. How can we buy your wigs? That kind of stuff. Um, you can DM me on Instagram, my Instagram, my Twitter, my Gmail, my, um, Facebook, my website, um, my TikTok, and now my Hive are all, um, the only mad, M-A-D-D, all of it across the board. So you don't ever have Smart. To about any of it. The only mad, the only mad.com, the only mad at Gmail, the only mad Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of it. Genius. And you do two shows a week on Twitch, yes? When are those? Tuesdays, I do Banshee, which is the big, big one with Louisiana Purchase, Eva Destruction, <gasps> Maxi Glamour, um, Vander Von Odd, and this week we're going to have St. Lucia. Yes. Um, <laughs> what a cast. Oh my God. Yeah, it's really fierce and we have a really good, we get like, we get a lot of people coming in now. Like we've been doing it since cool. the second week of lockdown. It's go- been going really well. Oh my God. <sighs> oh, and my Twitch channel is The Only Mad. So that's where it's on. I also do my solo show on Saturdays and I do requests and yeah, it's, I really, I'm very interactive with all the people that watch and follow me. Um, I like to I like to respond to everything um, because I I remember when I was a wee wee little baby and I remember trying to reach out to someone huh. that doesn't do drag anymore but they literally left me on red and they wouldn't they didn't talk to me at all and was it Magnolia Crawford? <laughs> 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 And that's where we'll leave it. Um, Didn't talk to me, and I that always stuck with me for some reason. I was like, "You're," and then I met them, and they were wildly disappointing. And I was like, "Wow, you're not even good enough for me to talk to you in the first place." So, (laughs) fuck you, dude. And so now I just try to respond to everybody. If it's even 
like it. I try to do that. I love it. All right. Thank you, Madeline Hatter. This Thank has you been so much. It was like the season premiere. To meet you. Yeah, yes. absolutely. I'm happy to meet you as well. Thank you for having me. Yes. All right, babes. Okay, I'm going to stop this recording. We'll restart for the brief little thing. Oh, that was a pause, not a stop. Okay.